0: We all think about our health, but sometimes we put it to the back of our mind when we're running our businesses. We've all seen it, the stressed executive, the stressed founder, trying to raise money, running around madly trying to get the business running. But what is the implication of that on us longer term? In this next podcast with Dr. Nicole Rivera, we delve into some of the things that she deals to help people get balanced and integrate body and business. It's been a key thing for me over the last 10 years as I looked at how do I manage my business whilst maintaining my family life and my stress levels to help me feel integrated into what I do. I do a lot of running, I do a lot of swimming, I spend time on my body as well to look at how do I get the best out of myself. But I learned so much from Dr. Nicole in this podcast, and I'm sure you will too. We've agreed to do a second podcast, which will come out later. But I think in this first one, just listen out for some of the things she says around what you can do to really get a grip on some of the work you do and how working with a coach for her helped her dig herself out of burnout in the first place. As always, please feel free to pass this podcast on to anybody you know who would benefit from it. The more people we can get to understand that actually building a business with someone alongside you gets you there faster and better and helps you manage your health the better. So please do that for us. But also, please leave us a review because that's one of the ways it gets us there. We can't guarantee to get the message out to everybody, but the more people that hear it, the better. So please pass it on. Let us know what you think. Feel free to send me an email to phil at igniumconsult.com and let me know your thoughts. But most importantly, enjoy the show. Take action. Good luck. Have fun. Good morning, good afternoon, good day, wherever you are. This is Phil Rose and this is the Sparks by Ignium podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Nicole Rivera, I've known Dr. Nicole for about 18 months now through our journey with Scaling Up. Uh, Dr. Nicole describes herself as an integrative physician and now a business coach, which I think is a bit of a conundrum. So I want to find out a bit about what that means to start with. So before we start, what does that mean?
1: So I am an integrative practitioner and a lot of people don't, I always say, I'm like, I know you don't know what that means. (laughs) So that's, that's a story in itself, but Primarily, I started, my, uh, I started practicing in the world of uh, you know, wellness 10 years ago, and mm. I found that there was a lot of shortcomings, uh, and I also found that really most of medicine, at least here in the US, is run by pharmaceuticals, and I knew that mm. there had to be other options. So first and foremost is I had many people that came to me saying, I feel like crap, but my blood work looks good, according yeah. to my, my practitioner or my physician. I don't know what's going on. So I got into the world of functional medicine, which we okay. talked about just before. Yeah. And what I found with functional medicine is it leveraged really great testing to get down to the bottom of what was going on with the person. But the reason I then turned to integrative medicine was because mm. I was like, okay, I have all this great information, but now the tools for the healing process in the functional medicine world was diet and supplements.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that only gets you so far. So I dove into like, what else is out there in order to really help these people to not necessarily just get better, but to stay better, to be resilient so that they're not scared that they're going to go backwards once they, you know, go out for a glass of wine again.
0: That's interesting. So it's that, so, so this, this thing about moving yourself from just the diet and supplements to the next stage, which is that integrating into life in that sense.
1: A hundred percent. And that was an evolution too. And that's where this business coaching comes in. So, you know, for us, we were, we were entrepreneurs. You know, I was the CEO of my company mm-hmm. if I knew it or I didn't in the beginning, Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, as practitioners, you, you open a business, but you don't realize that you really need someone to run the business. You think that you can work in the business mm-hmm. and still run it. And as you grow, that it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So that was a huge learning curve. So I decided to, well, first, we created this massive integrated facility that was 6,000 square feet that had. Right everything from neurological services to physical services chiropractic rehab we had a whole detox spa attached to our facility so we were really trying to right. help people in all different avenues
2: mm. and mm.
1: customize it to them according to their dna so to. it was an amazing business it is an amazing business yeah. and it grew and we had 25 employees at our max okay and it, after we had about eight employees, that's when things really started to change. And yeah, it was yeah. like, whoa, this is a whole new beast. We need an HR person. You know, we need someone, a floor manager. Yeah. You know, we need individuals that can take things off of our plate and really help us to run this business appropriately. So I just felt like I was floundering. And I always say in my life, I like to learn things the hard way. So I, don't, I guess I probably did this all intentionally, but there were just so many hardships and obstacles because we didn't really have anyone running the business appropriately. And we were so busy working with the patients that, you know, it was a shit show, to be yeah, honest.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and often <laughs> uh, you hear that story so often, don't we, where people, and especially when you write, you said, you know, you get to eight employees and above and it changes. Uh, and it does become tough work, actually. It's, it's, and especially where you're trying to look after people's health So what's, you know, I asked the question here in a case, what was the impact on you?
1: So, you know, there, I I was running, when I look back, I was running on just chaotic adrenaline. Like Mm. I was just like here, there, this, that, like when people like talk about ADD, I laugh. I see videos on TikTok nowadays of like people that have ADD and how their brain goes everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, that was me tenfold my whole life.
2: That's running, running, <laughs> and running. it was
1: just, just living in pure chaos and functioning in it. Yeah. Almost weirdly, maybe thriving in it. <laughs> and it just it gets to the point that you burn out. You hear that all Mm. the time with entrepreneurs and and busy professionals is is burnout. And I actually did a survey once. I did it on social media. Um, I did it on LinkedIn. And I asked like, what's the topic that entrepreneurs want to hear about? Because I have a podcast as well. And everyone, because I gave five choices and everyone voted burnout. And I was like, and we had about 500 people send in for the survey. I was like, wow, that is so but, interesting.
0: And it is, it is a big thing, isn't it? Because as you say, as you're growing a business, when you're a when you're a, a one-person business, it's it's tough, but you know, you limit yourself and you can manage it the way you want to. But as you grow, you've then got those other mouths to feed, you've got those other people to deal with, and you've got yeah. other customer demands. So, well, you so,
1: grow your team to delegate, but yeah. then you're dealing with people. You're dealing with yeah. people that have needs that. It's human behavior, you know, this person wants to grow, this person wants to stay comfortable, you know, this person doesn't like quick changes, this person thrives on quick changes, you know, you're dealing with this dynamic of managing people, which is a full time job in itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And actually that that's one of the nubs of it, isn't it? before we go back into this, I, I just want to just clarify something in that case. So just tell me a bit more about your business to, that, that journey. Because obviously you started the business. There's mm-hmm. two, there were two of you in the business when you started it. I'm assuming you and Nick were in it, Nick, being your husband. Yes. In the business to start with. Tell me about that journey that you went on in that case, you know, going through eight employees to, to 25. I think just to set a bit of foundation for this story would be useful.
1: Yeah. So we so we started in about a thousand square feet and it was Nick and myself. I was literally working with people and running up and answering the phones. I was doing the marketing. I built the website, it, you know, I designed the business cards, just craziness. Yeah. And then, you know, we hired some admin staff and then we hired some more practitioners and we were functioning pretty well. There were six of us, but it was very like close-knit, almost family mm-hmm. dynamic. The space was small. So, you know, communication was easier. Yeah, And then we moved to a bigger facility. So we went to close to 4,000 square feet. And then that brought, obviously brought in more employees, but it brought in just the need for different systems because the space was so big and you don't, you can't just yell to the front desk anymore saying, Hey, give this person this supplement (laughs) on their way out. So it was just a very interesting transition, but then we also started to hire some practitioners and they were inquiring about all the HR stuff. Oh, you know, the PTO, the this, the that. And it's like, when you don't have solid systems in place people pick it apart. That's why corporate runs the way that corporate does is because they make it. So it's so ironclad that there's no pulling it apart. There's no questioning it. There's no challenging it. It's just, these are the policies small business owners learn this the hard way unfortunately. Yeah.
0: You right, you right.
1: Yeah. And so we started growing and I hit the worst burnout ever to the point that I was like ready to close up shop. And oh. and I mentioned to you mentioned this to you earlier when we were chatting and I said there I I struggle as a coach because I as a practitioner have have been a consultant. You know, people came to me (laughs) to say, what do I do about my health? And I, that's what I provided for them. This is what you do. And, but at the same time, when I worked with business coaches, I was always thinking like, I am not the first person to run a business. So just tell me what to do and I'll do it. (laughs) Tell me what to do and I will do it because you know, this marketing campaign or getting new patients or whatever it is. Like, I am not like, I don't want to recreate the wheel. And there is clearly a proven system out there. So I personally wanted to have some type of consulting and I never found it. And then I found scaling up
2: Yeah. and scaling
1: up just, I finally read it. I read the book and I'm like, this makes sense because it was also, I'm a little old fashioned, even though I am young, I like, I honestly like hate technology. I want to use it as little as possible. And I embrace it because it does make running a business easier. But at the same time, I don't want to like live on my phone. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be connected all the time. And when I was reading this book, well, I should say the first book I ever read in business was Built to Last.
0: Yeah. Great book
1: and i thought that really just hit home for me because it wasn't about necessarily beating out your competition like it was about how do you create a business that's going to leave a legacy yeah. and that was really sat well with me because when i was in school there were a lot of coaching companies that came in that were very um slimy they didn't have yeah. much integrity and i was like there has to be a better way to run business like why don't you just be really good at what you do and actually care? <laughs> you know, like, why don't, why don't we start there?
0: <laughs> and, and it's interesting because I think what Jim Collins talks about in Built to Last is very much around, you know, how do you create that sustainable infrastructure to enable you to yeah. grow? And, yeah. and it's interesting. And how do you
1: serve? How do you serve in whatever way? Maybe you serve through selling pencils, but, you know, you're, it doesn't, you don't have to be in a position of being a doctor. Yeah. It's just, how are you serving to make humanity better in whatever yeah avenue
0: of business that you're in yeah I love that because obviously one of the things I I work on a lot is very much around the purpose of business as well now how do you get clear about your purpose and prosperity and how do you balance the two so when I talk when when I talk business that built to last it's very much around you create that sustainable infrastructure but also have a purpose above and beyond making money we'll come back to that later on but I think that's one of the key things there that's the sustainability side of it for me um so sorry, Karen, about that journey. Okay. 100%. So you so talked the system, you read, you read Built to Large, you read scaling up, you realized something had to change. Yeah. So so the Yeah, were, so I, point, I read
1: scaling up and it was just life-changing because yeah. I was just like, this makes so much sense that I I don't have a strong foundation in my mm-hmm. business. I just realized I didn't have a strong foundation. And when I went through the Rockefeller checklist, yeah, and you're just like, Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, we're not, we're not,
0: yeah, not meeting any of this. Yeah.
1: And, and, and
0: that's a key bit, isn't it? Because that gives you an ideal thing to say, okay, this is how other people have done it. Yeah. Why are not we doing it as well?
1: Yeah. And what's probably the most interesting is most people get into business to make money, mm. you know, and then there's the other people that get into business because they want to fulfill their purpose and they want to make a difference. And then obviously there's some people that maybe had mentorship or came from a long line of business owners and they were able to go in with both in mind. And, you know, our business was really set on a foundation of, I want to help people. And, In my mind, I, you know, we did it at really any cost. And that cost was buying really expensive medical equipment. That was, I, you know, we're big on health and wellness. Like the hand soap in my bathrooms at my office was $36 because it was organic, non-toxic. And I felt that that was necessary because we need to walk our talk. Yeah. Um but then it gets to a point that you have accountants that are sitting there telling you, you know, your business is not profitable.
2: Yeah. And
1: really. you you look at that and you feel so defeated and then you realize I'm killing myself on a day-to-day basis and you know, I don't really have much to show for it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that was something that was really really eye-opening for us is that we needed to make a change and Scaling up was something that came into our lives and we just dove in and we started to, I literally started to implement immediately. And we started to see the team change. We started the team, the team started to understand what was in our heads. Like what was the actual vision? What were we trying to accomplish? How could they feel part of that growth and development, because people want to feel relevant. Mm, They don't want to just come in and do the same crap every day. They want to know, like, am I, am I doing something to make a difference for my CEO? Am I doing something to make a difference for the customers we serve? Am I doing something to make a difference on the world? Like, what am I, you know, what am I getting up to do this every day? Some, you know, if you have a business that people are just coming to collect a paycheck, then you know, yeah. you're going to have turnover, which costs you money and, you know, all the other things that go along with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we see more of that post pandemic where people are, you know, we talk about the great resignation, but that's because they're not engaged in what they're doing. So I think yeah. some big things there. So, so you've got, a, you've got a business, you've red scaling up, you've, you've grown the business at this stage. You've, you've, you're, you're, you're creaking at the seams and you lead to this burnout. You discover the world of, Hey, someone else might have done this before. I don't have to yeah. reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You implement it in your business. So so your business at that stage, what, what was the thing that happened in the business? You talked about the staff feeling more um, engaged. You talked about them feeling part of the change that's coming on. They understood the visions in your head. Tell me about the next piece of that journey because that first piece is, you know, that's the, the, the road to burnout. Then you're on a different journey in that case. Tell me about that next step. Because I think this is the interesting Ooh, as well.
1: This is going to take a good turn right now. This is like the juiciness of where I am right now. <laughs> Well, I guess like right in the middle of that, um,
2: yeah,
1: I started teaching integrative medicine.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: so I created like a whole course on integrative medicine approaches to Lyme disease, mold toxicity, autoimmune issues, gut issues, retroviruses, you name it. So I created a year long course. And then I had some students that went through and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how to run my business. How can you help? Because I can see that you clearly have a thriving business.
2: Mm, And I was just
1: like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to be a business coach now. (laughs) But what I loved about scaling up, well, for first is I didn't necessarily want to give anyone business advice based off of my business, because Mm -hmm. that's me making the assumption that they have the same personal and professional goals that I do. And chances are they don't. And I love scaling up because you are going in, you're asking those questions. You're asking questions around, you know, what is your vision? What are your goals? What is your BHAG? And then breaking that down from there. Yeah. So I found that that ended up being very valuable to the individuals that I was working with on the teaching side, which is what I call my growth institute. Okay. So that was a really, that was really exciting because I absolutely love teaching in general. So the, teaching the integrative medicine, and then also teaching the business side was what I realized lit me up the most. Nice, nice. And then, you know, then I started thinking about what if I work with less patients yeah. and I start doing more of this work. Yeah. And that was a really scary thought because that was my identity, essentially. Yeah,
0: because you've, you've been in that physician role, effectively, doing doing what you do. And now you're yeah. transitioning into a coaching role rather than just doing what you've been trained to do.
1: Yeah, it was yeah. It, it was just, and I'm still even, I would say I'm struggling a little bit with that identity piece too, because as things have progressed, I kept getting pulled back into the integrative medicine business. Mm. And it's because of, not just, it wasn't really the patience. It was more the business, the structure okay. of the business. Yeah. And uh, it was honestly, when I went on maternity, paternity leave, uh, both my husband and I, we set up a lot of different uh, systems according to scaling up. Yeah, And the business definitely has been running for the past two years better than it ever has. Wow. But when we stepped out, we realized how much of the business really ran on us and how we were the gatekeepers of the culture
0: yeah that's interesting
1: and this is something that has been a huge learning for how i show up for my uh, for my coaching because perfect example i had a strategy call with a company the other day and he said that his major goal is to get the company to a place that it runs so seamlessly that him and his wife can go to Wyoming and pretty much manage the business remotely.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: You know, asking more questions about who's in the pipeline for that, you know, how many employees do you have? Do you have someone who's going to uphold that culture and vision? And you know, what I explained to him, I go, the way that you're describing how you interact with your team is that you are the foundation for the culture. You're the foundation for the rules of the game and the boundaries, because he was like a very, like, see it, say it kind of guy, you know, made sure that um, everything was out on the table, really clear communication. I go, when you leave, if Mm -hmm. you don't have the replacement that you train in the values of your company you're going to be moving back from Wyoming because yeah. your business is going to crumble
0: yeah it's all relying on you if you're not careful and that's and, exactly and it's interesting you said that you realized you were the gatekeepers of that culture and that's exactly what this business owner was facing as well you can't yep. just move out of town and expect the business to run unless you've let the DNA of the business transform from you into the whole business yeah yeah But it's also, I think
1: at the same time when you're in business and I want to say this in this podcast, because I know that this is the case for people is Mm. when you are in business for 10 years and then you find something like scaling up and then you're posed with those questions of do you have the right people in the right seats doing things right. And you have people that have been with you through the really, really hard times that were very loyal to you, or you have family in your business, or you have friends in your business. Like it gets Mm. very difficult to make the decisions that are right for you and make the decisions that are right for your business, especially if you don't have a coach. Cause I didn't have a coach.
0: Okay. I (laughs) was
1: the coach for my business.
0: Wow. Okay. So you were coaching yourself and running the business at the time. You had the, you had the manual, the scaling up book, and you had read other books as well. And you're now trying to develop a business and, and run the business at the same time. And work in the business. Okay. How did that work out?
1: Ooh, yeah. (laughs) So yes, it's not, it doesn't, it's not a good, it's not a good thing. It's not a good combo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was very difficult for me to like, I did let some people go
2: Mm, and
1: we were able to put, you know, really try to create that a player team, but there were things that I wasn't willing to see, I think at that time. Yeah. And there were hard decisions that I wasn't willing to make. And then I was forced to make those decisions after going on maternity leave
2: Mm. and,
1: you know, seeing different things unfold and don't get me wrong. I could have went in and fixed it. And, but I would have been the hamster on the wheel
2: that this business
1: can't run without me. And that, and the way I classified it is I am in a toxic relationship with my business.
0: With the business itself. And actually that's one of the big things you see, isn't it? When, when you get into that relationship there, actually you get stuck in a, stuck in a rut, effectively. Yeah. So, so it's a tough journey, isn't it? You've gone from in a business where you could feel the burnout coming, you've, you've grown it to a scale, you've got a number of people reliant on you, mouths to feed, mm-hmm. you've then hit a brick wall in some ways, realized you've got to do something different, picked up the book, tried to implement it, realized actually doing it and running the business is tough. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways, the bit I'm hearing there is, you know, not having a coach is it's one of the key things there for you because actually nobody was there to hold you to account or to ask the difficult questions and also to open up or the open my you.
1: eyes to things that I, it's not, I I want to see things that I wasn't willing to see.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cause you're blinded you to it. Cause you're just blinked in doing what you've always done. Yeah. Stick your fingers in the ears and just hope everything's all right. all
1: right. Cause right now I'm coaching a company that is so similar to the, to my integrated medicine company. And I'm just like, This, this, no, that's not like, and I'm just, and my husband's like, it's so interesting how you just see things so clear for this Mm -hmm. company and you're able to help them and you, you had it in you, but you couldn't do it for your own business because of the emotional attachment.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So here's the point, actually. So, so your husband, Nick, is not a not a scaling up coach, but mm-hmm. you've, you've transitioned from being the consultant, the physician, where people come to you for advice on their, their body, their health. Mm-hmm. You've then turned into running as a scaling up coach and a coach mm-hmm. helping people. How do you balance that consultant versus coaching? Because, you know, we talked about this just now and it's sometimes tough. So how do you get yeah. that in your own business and helping others when you've got two ways of doing it?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I find that my husband brings so much of the coaching to the table, okay. And because he has studied with Dr. Martini, so mm-hmm. he has he's a facilitator in human behavior, and so we end up working together in in different ways. So an example is we uh, we took a company uh, a couple of weeks ago through what we call the CEO boot camp, um, which okay. is based on Metronomics, and you know, where I'm going through with the company and we're, you know, narrowing down the big, hairy, audacious goal, the BHAG. And then we're getting into, you know, what are we focused on? What's our three-year goal? What's our one-year goal? What's our quarterly goals? And we're mapping all of these things out. And they're, I'm probing better questions from a coaching perspective yeah. because uh, an example was this, this uh, company specifically is an integrative medicine company. And uh, the owner's goal was to have multiple facilities, multiple integrative medicine facilities, so multiple private practices, okay. but then also wants to have a retreat center uh, that has regenerative farming and then wants to grow that to have multiple locations.
2: Okay. And I was like,
1: that's amazing. Like, that's really going to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. So who's going to run? Who's going to be the CEO of the private practice practices? And he's like, oh, well, me. It's like, okay. So then who's going to be the CEO of the retreat regenerative farming centers?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Me.
1: And I was like, okay, well, you know, let me just give you a little bit of a reality check on what that what that looks like, yeah, you know, running, right. being a CEO of a company that has multiple locations, you know, these are the, this is what the day-to-day looks like for that. And this is what the day-to-day would look like if you have another company with multiple locations. So,
2: yeah.
1: you, you know, we have to really make sure that that's, that's what you want to do. Cause this is going to be, take up a large portion of your time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you then told me you have all these other personal goals so then he kind of panicked. <laughs> and he was just like, my BHAG, I need to get it right. And I can't, I can't do the second part of our, our boot camp until I like get it right and it has to be perfect. So then I like recruited my <laughs> husband in. I was like, all right,
2: <laughs> you gotta so come
1: fun. in because this guy's freaking out and he's having a little bit of like analysis paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. So he went through and they broke down his personal values okay. and then connected his personal values to his professional goals. And then they were able to narrow down that he actually only wanted the retreat center for himself. He wanted that to escape. And for that to be his escape to regenerate himself
0: because
1: of all of the energy that he puts into the private practice.
0: Well, So he's actually trying to do something on his own basis, but actually maybe wasn't thinking of it from his own business perspective. It's more about his own health perspective as on i
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just such an amazing aha that came yeah. out of what my husband was doing. And then we, you know, got back into now mapping out, you know, the BHAG and then mapping out all of the different tools that we use with scaling up in metronomics. Yeah. So then we were able to successfully dive into the 3 year goal the 1 year goal the quarterly goals the core values of the company and then he and he felt so much more confident about it now that he had that clarity yeah, and he that. knew i have all these great goals but i'm i'm still putting my personal values at the forefront so mm-hmm. he didn't lose his life by having all of these amazing
2: like
0: yeah. professional goals. Yeah. So 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 that's a good segue into something I want to talk to you about there, about losing your life. Because I think this is the thing that a lot of business owners forget when they're trying to balance life and business. Uh, and, and you know, before we talked on, on air we talked about you know this word that in the past people have talked about balancing life work work life balance, balancing life outside of work with balancing life in work. And and a lot of people get it wrong. They don't get that together. And I brought up this phrase that a lot of people talk about integrating work and life mm-hmm. now. And especially, you know, the last two years with the pandemic, people have been working from home all over the world, trying to balance work life where they've been walking you know, 15 feet to get to their office. They've got family at home. They've got to deal with those other things. So it's about integrating. I'd love to just delve into this from a point of view of integrative wellness, I think, in terms of mm-hmm. getting that balance. So so can we switch tack and just think about that? Because I think this is a fundamental piece business owners are human beings as far as I know and therefore we need to help them (laughs) as far as I know (laughs) yeah yeah well you know most of us I know therefore they've got a right to be healthy so but we all in the past in different ways have put other things first and it's created stress in the body can we just delve into that a little bit to find out what's going on for people and what does integrative medicine and integrative health really mean
1: yeah so we were talking earlier and i was saying that i think that there's there's a misconception as to mm. what wellness looks like and a lot of individuals classify you know i'm i'm being well by going to the gym and you know maybe getting a monthly massage and there's nothing right or wrong about either one it's more so that there's so much more out there than people realize mm. but first and foremost is we, you know, and I find that the work that I've done in integrative medicine is so unbelievably relevant to business okay. and that they overlap so much. So like a perfect example is, is if you are having an issue in your business and maybe it's a people issue
2: okay,
1: or maybe you think it's a people issue and then you have someone, a coach come in and maybe audit some things or ask better questions and look at things and take it through like a proper diagnostic process, then you might realize that it has nothing to do with the people, but the people are always confused because they are not clear on strategy. Okay. Or the same thing is you're, you know, you're talking, you're hiring a coach because you want to make more profit and, you know, or you want to make more revenue. And then you realize that it's really not about the volume in your business. It's about the people and the efficiency and the productivity, mm. etc. So integrative medicine is really coming down to Taking someone through a diagnostic process to really nail down what is truly going on in their body, and I know that the term root cause is thrown around, yeah. and it's like I got to find the root cause, and a hundred percent you want to find the root cause, but there's also practitioners that are like, oh, well, the root cause is Lyme disease, the root cause is this toxicity, the root cause is you have this mm. virus,
2: mm.
1: and. I take it even a step further to say, what is the foundational issues? Okay. You know, yeah. what are the foundational issues going on in your body? What are the foundational issues going on in your business? Because yeah. if you're trying to build health or build a business on a bad yeah. foundation, you're not getting anywhere.
0: Yeah. I love it. So, so or actually, it's going to
1: fall. It's going to crumble.
0: Yeah. And, and that's interesting. Cause I think this is one thing, isn't it here? Because uh, now you've taken it back to that foundational bit, the root cause. Find the foundation of your business because you mentioned, for instance, Rockefeller habits earlier. If you looked at those ten Rockefeller habits and the four that fit under each one of those, that forms the foundation. So what yeah. you're saying is you're bringing a, a foundational approach to health in the same way that you could bring a foundational approach to business. To say, okay, what's really going on? Yeah. I use the word at source mm-hmm. that's causing the outcome you're getting.
1: I'll give you two examples because I yeah. think they're both relevant. So let's say, you know, you go to a functional or integrative practitioner and they say the root cause is Lyme disease. Okay. So the question is, is Lyme disease has been around for thousands of years. They've actually found, so uh, Lyme disease creates spirochetes. They've found spirochetes in like fossils that they've found. And so this organism has been around for thousands of years. So why... Is it creating a problem in the body? Yeah. And so we have to look at the foundation is do you have properly functioning detox pathways? Do you have Mm -hmm. a proper functioning liver? Do you poop every day? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have proper lymphatic drainage? Like these are the foundational elements that your body has to get rid of the bad guys, Mm -hmm. you know, do you have something that is affecting your immune system, that's not allowing your immune system to fight this organism. So we have to look at those different pieces from that's more from the biochemical standpoint. Okay. But then we also have to ask the better questions around the mental, emotional and human behavior Mm -hmm. side of things Mm -hmm. is that I cannot tell you how many times We have dug into a timeline and we found out that a person developed an autoimmune condition or developed, you know, um, massive swelling in their hands that was later diagnosed as rheumatoid arthritis. And it was right after the loss of a loved one, right after the loss of a pet, right after, you know, the 2008 financial crash, you know, major, major you know, events in their life that created massive amounts of either stress, grief, loss, um, shame. Those are some of the key emotions that are tied to chronic illness is really guilt and shame.
0: Wow. Wow. It's it's interesting, actually, because you mentioned guilt and shame, and I'm not going to talk about it now, but I'm just reading Brittany Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, uh, and one of the things she talks about a lot in here is about guilt and shame. So I'm I'm not on that chapter yet, but it's interesting you're talking about it now because I think there is a fundamental thing here, this root cause of you you have some trauma in your life and, and it manifests in other ways later is what I'm hearing you say here. So you've got to go 100%. back to understand what that trauma, what that root causes in the first place. Now, yeah. the point is here, I'm sure a number of the listeners on this podcast are thinking, hang on a minute, this sounds a bit weird. How do we go back to that and understand what's going on there? So so. You mentioned about Nick, your husband. He does a lot of this work in terms of helping people as a human behaviorist. Yes. So, so you bring the medical side to it. You can look at things in a Western drug company, for instance, will try and diagnose. And you mentioned Lyme disease. You know, Lyme disease exists in this country as well uh, and is becoming a bigger thing. So, so there are drugs that are out there. But you're saying actually there's other things you can do at source to, to yes. resolve some of these issues.
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing that I always explain to patients, but also on my podcast, on my webinars is strategy is key. Yeah. And that is the reason why I got into the integrative medicine space, because I felt that there was such a lack of strategy that was happening. And this was, this was conventional medicine or even mm-hmm. functional medicine. And what I mean by that is, this is a, like a great example, is I have a lot of the individuals that I've worked with when it comes to the medical side, they have been a lot of places before yeah. they got to me. They've tried a lot of different things. You know, very rarely am I getting someone that's like, I don't feel good. I'm going to go to the integrative medicine route. Most that's of the, the time they've cool, been yeah. failed by conventional medicine or even other functional wellness doctors. And now they're at my door okay and very often they they are they're they're frustrated first Mm. of all and they're overwhelmed and they're trying to figure out you know what the heck is is going on but um when it comes to um i totally forgot my train of thought now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it happens <laughs> I, I always say it's an age thing but so 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 you're talking about this conventional medicine they, they're frustrated and overwhelmed because they've tried yeah. one thing it hasn't worked they don't often come to you as a first protocol because they're trying other things to start with yeah and then they've come to find you as a, as a result of some other research to say okay what else is going on so they're oh they're, okay they're strategy strategy prevent- that's what we're yeah. talking about my strategy gosh is key. Yeah, there hey we go. guys i
2: have
1: a five-month-old baby so like don't judge me <laughs> right now <laughs>
0: We should have mentioned that at the start. Yeah, oh a-
1: my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> what they'll say to me very often is I've already tried infrared sauna. I already tried a detox protocol. I already tried the elimination diet. I already tried that and it didn't work. Yeah. And what I explain to them is that it's not necessarily that it didn't work, but it might not have been done in either the right combination or at the right time.
2: Right, okay, and that's okay. where
1: this root cause foundation comes from. Yeah. So if we are working with someone who has, you know a condition that they were diagnosed with and then we dig into that timeline and yeah. we find out that the catalyst maybe they had Lyme disease in their body and maybe they had some aches and pains here and there but no big deal. They took a Tylenol, you know, every month and they were fine. Yeah. And then they had the major loss that was their body went into fight or flight. It mm. was just the tipping point that now they became extremely symptomatic. And now all their joints are killing them. They have, have brain fog and they can't function. So it's like the Lyme disease was opportunistic. It had the ability to now create more of a negative impact on the body mm. because the immune system got shut down in that stress response.
0: Ah, okay. So here's the thing. So actually, so the the Lyme disease is already in the body and then the stress response enabled the Lyme disease to take a bigger hold on what's going on physically when the emotions are at at risk at the same time.
1: hundred percent. So in this person, we have a lot of things to consider of where do we start? Do, Do we really start with killing the Lyme disease or is the nervous system so taxed because yeah. of the stress response? Yeah, that we need to get that to a better place, which will then allow the immune system to work better so that the body can actually do its job and get rid or fight off the Lyme disease.
0: Yeah. Okay. So okay. okay. We have
1: to be extremely strategic, but we also have to leverage better testing. And that's our motto is we don't guess, we test. And one of the really interesting things that my husband does specifically is we, first of all, we have some technologies that help us do DNA testing, but we do two different types. So we do DNA testing to figure out what is stressing your DNA. All
2: right.
1: And also it picks up on foreign DNA. So there is DNA of the Lyme disease bacteria. There is DNA of a virus. There is DNA for any type of, uh, organism. So we look at, okay, what's happening with your DNA is, is it that you have, um, certain pathogens in your body or Mm -hmm. is your DNA telling us that your liver's under stress or your kidneys are under stress or whatever the case may
0: be. Okay. Well, Well, so then
1: the secondary thing we do is we look at what is going to neutralize the stress on your DNA. What is going to make it better? So that's how we nail down your body needs X, Y, and Z to heal. And sometimes that is going to be certain supplements. And then sometimes that is going to be infrared sauna technology. Sometimes that is going to be um, scar release work. Uh, Sometimes it's something called neurofeedback. It Mm. just depends on the person where their body is at and what is the best starting point based on their DNA. So strategy is absolutely necessary Mm. when it comes to the healing process. And strategy is absolutely necessary when it comes to running a business. Yeah, Because otherwise, if you don't have that strategy, you're just spinning your wheels, feeling like you're getting nowhere.
0: And it's interesting because this is where this integrative piece comes together, isn't it? Because what I'm hearing there is you can work with business owners to help them heal their body because a lot of them are sick in some way and, and that's causing the stress release that they're, they're seeing, mm-hmm. um, or oh, sorry, stress response rather than stress release. They're seeing the stress response and their business is, you know, in some ways a manifestation of what's going on for them internally as well. Yeah. They are yeah. the business, especially when it's, a, a, you know, they're a founder, owner, running the business, how many staff they got there. Actually, we see a lot of this coming out, whereas the individual is creating the problems in the business. So what yeah. you're saying is go back to source, help them understand what's going on in their body. And you're doing that through a number of test regimes, um, you know, talking about DNA testing and how to neutralize the, the, the stress on the body in the first place. But you're saying yeah. the same we can apply to a business here because we can now look at a business and we've got a number of tools that we use within scaling up another to help us do this. Mm -hmm. assess the business and then understand what strategy do we need to put in place to actually, as you said there, neutralize the stress on the business in the same way you neutralize the stress on the body before building on the next stage. Is that a a fair summary of the way you're thinking?
1: I think the biggest thing that like the passion behind what I'm I'm doing when it comes to like integrating both the health and the business side is that there are so many individuals that first of all, you don't know what you don't know. So most people are walking around not feeling great, but don't even know any different. They don't know any difference. So they've settled for the lack of sleep. They've settled for always feeling stressed. They've settled for the brain fog. They've settled for the aches and pains. They've settled for all of that. But then on top of it, there's like two other things that I see. So I see that these people bust their butts And then they retire, and maybe you could retire early because you had a successful business. And now you spend your retirement, you're not golfing, you're not having fun, you're not vacationing, you're at doctor's appointments.
2: Yeah. Because your
1: adrenaline finally backed off because you're not, you know, killing yourself working 10, 12 hour days anymore. Mm. So your adrenaline goes back into a normal range and all your symptoms come out. Because think about adrenaline. So, like, if you're running from a tiger, yeah. You're not you don't you're not feeling aches pains brain fog you're not feeling any of that. You know, your body is like adrenaline go like get out of danger. So when you, people run on adrenaline for years upon years upon years and then that adrenaline drops and it bottoms out I should say. Yeah. And now they're like, "Oh my gosh, I feel absolutely horrible." And they're going yeah. to doctors appointments left and right. Yeah. And it's,
0: it's interesting this is almost you know we we see it all the time don't we with the with the the in fact, I was like to say business owner, but this happens to anybody, they go on holiday and they get sick. Yep. yep. And that's exactly. one of the things, but actually when you come to sell your business or retire from your business or, or move on from your business, actually that, that can last a lot longer because actually you've not just got the two week holiday sitting on the beach. You've now got potentially the future ahead of you. Yeah. And therefore there's a lot of other issues coming out of this. So that's quite, I love that analogy. That's a whole weekend. different
1: podcast too, with retirement. Like one of my mentors, De Martini, says, he's like, retirement should never interfere with your work, like meaning your purpose. <laughs> And I like I love that because retiring, you know, for a lot of people is like, well, I'm done working. I'm just gonna sit around and drink pina coladas. But yeah. it's like if you were, if you really should always still be congruent with your purpose. Maybe you're doing it in just a different way. Yeah. And mm. so, but you know, and then the amount of business owners that are business owners and per- professionals in general that are bur- getting burnt out. And then that burnout leads to a serious diagnosis and then they're forced to leave work. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's, and especially if you are, you know, a, a small to medium-sized business owner, like that is, that can just yeah. destroy yeah. everything you've worked for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We see it all the time, don't we? We see it and we hear of it when people have to close the door. And I, I often talk about a model, which I, I learned through my work with Sherlock many years ago about hitting the brick wall. And when sometimes when people hit the second brick wall, as we call it, actually, that causes dis-ease in the body. Um, yeah. And that disease can can manifest in many ways. But a lot of it is because they've not got their business set up properly. So they're having to work in the business yep. rather than on the business. And it takes its toll on them as an individual. So I think yeah. there's a lot to be said for that in terms of that burnout and that serious diagnosis. Because actually, if you slam up against that brick wall your business is going to suffer unless you've got it set up properly as well as your health suffering, which is the biggest issue for most people.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the, one of the best things that I ever heard was conflict avoided is conflict multiplied. And Mm -hmm. this, like the context that I first heard it made a lot of sense when it came to, um, managing people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: the same thing is like, if you're avoiding the fact that your home life is suffering. If you're avoiding the fact that you feel like crap and maybe feeling like crap is just, you feel really run down and tired all the time or achy,
2: you
1: know, and if you're avoiding that or you're avoiding the fact that you know that your business is leaking cash, like Mm -hmm. there, it is going to blow up no matter who you are or, or what the situation is. It's going to blow up eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And so we need to be able to take these things head on and not just keep pushing them to the side
2: yeah. because
1: it's, it's not like you said, it's like the last thing that anybody would ever want to do is put their you know heart and soul into a business and then watch it crumble because something went wrong with their health mm-hmm. or something went wrong with their relationship. And now their husband or wife is retaliating against them. Like I've seen that before too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's a big thing. And we've all seen that in terms of, you know, I talk about hitting the brick wall, but actually that can be, that can re- result in divorce as well or separation because the partners don't understand each other. And I, I saw a business owner only, only recently um, running a great business, medium-sized business. Uh, and he kept on saying to me, I'm hating the business, but I'm making loads of money. mm mm-hmm. And something had to change. And I haven't. He hasn't come back to us yet. But at the end of the day, he needs to resol- resolve some of those issues because that hate in the business is going to manifest in different ways for him and the business, short to medium term. So yeah. I think there's something got to be done there. So look, 100%. we 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 said we had talked for 45 minutes now, and I think we've 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 only just t- touched the tip of the iceberg of some of the things we could delve into. here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so I, I'd love to put this out to you could we could we reconvene and do a second episode of this to look at some of the resolutions this i think we've we've discussed some of the the problems people see you talked about some of the things in terms of you know understanding dna and looking how do you neutralize things in the body but i think there's a whole story now to be talked about in terms of what do we do to help these business owners founders resolve these issues because you were there you've seen it you've been at that burnout phase and you've now discovered a way out of it you've seen the light (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, 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 and actually, you know, Lordy, Lordy, it's coming to us. We can actually see a way to move this forward because there are systems out there that help people move health and business forwards. And you've, you've seen some of those. So I'd love to delve into that. Um, if you're up for it. For a, I would be second, down. I love it. Second, second one in that case. Um, so before we close this episode in that case um, question, I'd love to ask you, and, and this is, I think I know the answer to it, but if you could go back and give the younger Dr. Nicole some advice, What's the one piece of advice you think she should have heard that would have transformed your life to get you to where you are now?
2: Whew. That's loaded, Phil. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we can give you three pieces of advice if you need. <laughs> hmm.
2: I think that, you know, just
1: because you can do it all. Yeah. Doesn't mean you should.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is, is a big one, but also too is looking at, I think giving all of the four quadrants equal energy. And what I mean by that is I felt very fulfilled because my business and my, like the, the model of my business was to help change healthcare and change people's lives in the process. Mm-hmm. And we did that. We a hundred percent did that. Yeah. And yeah. There, was, there was a lot that was sacrificed to do that.
2: Yeah.
1: And I don't regret it by any means, but I wish there was someone there to tell me how to also put myself and to put my family at an equal playing field
2: yeah. of the yeah. business yeah
1: and and also someone there to help i don't want to even say that word limiting beliefs because yes there were 100% limiting beliefs but there was just a there was just a lack of wisdom there that i really wish someone who'd been there done that could Mm -hmm. have provided and that obviously could have easily been a scaling up coach i just didn't know what that was at the time and i see it even now as i talk to people about scaling up is like they're like oh wow like that's a there's so many steps and there that's a lot and you know i'm a small business does this really apply to me and Yeah, it applies to you. It applies applies to you because everything that we talked about today is probably going to happen to you at some point in your professional career, because you don't have that strong foundation. If you're not looking at people and you're not Mm -hmm. looking at strategy and you're not looking at execution. And especially if you ain't looking at cash, because a lot of people are just very happy. Like I was always, because I was naive and young, I was just like revenue. I just want to, yeah. I want to double my revenue. I want to double my revenue. I want to double my revenue. Who the heck cares if you double your revenue, if you don't make any profit?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's you that's running, you're, you're running, spinning your tires, but you're not going anywhere. And
2: exactly.
0: The result, as you said, was that burnout and that stress and disease that manifests in its body at some stage, which is not what any of us want.
1: And it was honestly so much deeper than that. It was just so defeating, like so defeating to sit there and say like I have worked so hard for so long Mm. to almost feel like I have nothing to show for it and Mm. it was just a very emotional moment when I had to really like process that and have that conversation with myself not even with my husband like just with myself to say you know you've definitely changed a lot of people's lives but you are capped now you are capped and, and this will be for part two, but it was either, it, it, was, it was really coming down to completely abandoning my mission of life because wow. I burned myself out to the mm-hmm. point that I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Wow. And, you know, so there's some people that get forced like they get sick and they get yeah. forced to be done. And I didn't, I didn't get there. I more so got to an emotional low place of, I really just, I, I, I can't believe this is the outcome of all of this dedication. But mm-hmm. I also decided in, a, in that moment to say, I'm not gonna not be part of my son's life in order to continue this mission. I'm gonna figure out the 2.0 version wow. so wow. that I can have a life enjoy it and be with my family and also still make an impact on the world.
0: What amazing thing, isn't it? Because that's that integration, family, self, impact, business. You're doing it all effectively, but you're doing it in a balanced way now, as opposed to what you're doing before is misjudged you were just charging after one thing without understanding what was really going on so there's a massive learning there so so I love that that thing about and I'm just I wrote that down there you know, just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should I think that's a, a key message that many business owners need to hear should hear must hear to help yeah. them move forward because otherwise when we see it all the time they get stuck in the trap and and they'll limit their own ability but worst of all they'll actually dis-ease it stress themselves cause other frictions in their life later on and the business will fall apart one way or the other because of that. So um, so I love that as a- And you
1: have to continue to pep talk yourself with that. Like I actually kill, kill it at making websites and I was like about to like <laughs> get in there and start doing something the other day. And I was like, stop it, stop it. It's Stop not your it. job. <laughs> this, is not, this is not how you spend your time.
0: <laughs> and, you know, that's a, 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 an interesting, isn't it? Because when we talk about the things we do in, in scaling up, you know, we talk about the functional accountability chart and the process accountability chart and help people understand. And, and you mentioned key function, function flow maps earlier to me. You know, that's it about understanding where your name sits across the board as CEO and where we need to extract you from it because that's not yeah. your job. Yes. So, few, so few people hear that, don't they? I remember, and I've mentioned this on this podcast a lot of times, the first book my accountant gave me in 2005 was Michael E. Gerber's E-Myth Revisited. I can see it on my bookshelf, of course, there. Uh, and, and in fact, I've got two copies there because Michael E. Gerber sh- signed one for me when I met him a number of years later. Um, but the key was there, don't try and do it all. Others you'll, others, you'll be constrained in your business and you'll end up hating your business or, worst yes. of all, dying as a result of it. And yeah. <laughs>
1: and that could sound extreme but it's it's accurate
0: (laughs) yeah exactly so 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 dr nicole i've really enjoyed this it's been fascinating conversation um there is lots more we can talk about here and i think let's um let's agree to come back and have another conversation um if people want to find you, you mentioned your podcast and i've listened to a number of these episodes before where can people find you in the short term before we get back together again
1: Yeah, sure. I, um, well, I have two podcasts because I'm an overachiever. (laughs) (laughs) So I have integrative wellness radio, which is all things related to integrative medicine. And then I have the integrative entrepreneur podcast as well, which is where we talk about the integration of the integrative medicine and business and, Human behavior as well, because my husband and I do that uh, collaboration together. So there's some really cool stuff in there. And I will say that a lot of it has been inspired by Vern with scaling up. It's been inspired by Patrick Lencioni, who I love. Um, So it's, you know, really some of the key people in the industry that, um, that have personally inspired myself that, uh, inspired me to get on a podcast and talk about it.
0: <laughs> well, 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 that's brilliant. And I love that because there's so much knowledge there. And I think, you know, you, you and Nick are running this great business. Now you've, you've talked about some of the things you're going through. And as you said, you've also got a five month old baby. And you've also mentioned you you just moved house as well. So actually there's a whole load of things which you've had to put in place to enable need to do these things. So
1: yeah, sometimes um, I wonder if like my mental, State is okay because I just <laughs> like to create a lot of chaos and then let it, you know, dissipate. So, find a
0: way of dealing with it. With the, hey, look, you, you need to go talk to your husband about those things. He might be able to, yeah, right. That well.
1: <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you can just fix this,
0: fix the head. <laughs> I, I've really enjoyed it. And thank you for taking the time out of your morning to have a conversation with us on the uh, Sparks podcast. I've really enjoyed it. And um, I look forward to, to getting you back on to talk further and in more detail about some of those things. So, uh, yes, thank you. I would love that. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I've enjoyed recording it. This is just one of the great conversations I've had the privilege of being part of since I started recording the Sparks by podcast. So please, go back and listen to some of the others. There's some great content in there for some great contributors. And also, while you're at it, please leave a review of this show with your comments because that helps other people like you find this content. And we want to bring about the change that we really know matters to people. It helps us grow and also think about what actions you want to take because there's no point just listening passively we want you to pick it up and do something with it so what are the three key things you want to do i can't hold you accountable but if you want to drop me a note phil at igniumconsult.com. we're always keen to listen to what you have to say and actually introduce guests to us that you think will bring relevance to other people we wish you well give us a call let us know what you think give us a review thank you